the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and hour number two is underway now at nine minutes past ten o'clock on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, if you tuned in at this hour to get Peter Kirsten now, my apologies to you. Peter uh, has uh, other obligations this morning. I still don't know how he does my show every week anyway. <clears throat> Between his work uh, uh, at his law firm <laughs> to his work as a uh, commissioner of civil rights on the United States Commission on Civil Rights, to his novels that he is writing, to his National Review Online articles that he writes, to the research that he does <clears throat> on all of the things that he brings to the table when he comes onto this program every week. I have no idea how, how he does it, but today he did have a schedule conflict. <clears throat> So we will uh, march forward in his stead, and we'll do so with open phone lines to you at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. And there's a lot of ground still to be covered. I spent a lot of time on the Democrats uh, yesterday making ridiculously... <clears throat> False statements uh, as part of their campaign for president, uh, including Pete Buttigieg uh, on Rachel Maddow and Bernie Sanders last night on Fox. I want to move forward. By the way, before I move forward on what I want to talk about, there is something I want you to read. Not now, because I want you to listen to my show. But I've read it this morning during my breaks. President Trump tweeted uh, this morning that there is a must-read article by Andy McCarthy. The president tweeted this one hour ago, quote, a must-read Andy McCarthy's column today. Quote, Dirty dealings of dirt devils who concocted Trump-Russia probe. End quote. The greatest scam in political history. If the mainstream media were honest, which they are not, this story would be bigger and more important than Watergate. Someday, wrote the president. So the president called it a must-read. So I have read it over the course of the last three commercial breaks. Um, the president is right. It is a must-read. It details, and we are now, as you know, two days away from the release of the Mueller report to the public, the redacted version, because, of course, there are some things for legal reasons that cannot be you know, uh, released to the public uh, in that report. 
But it is coming out on Thursday. The Democrats are already trying to make hay with it and to try to uh, accuse the president and uh, William Barr of covering certain things up. Let them do their thing. But what Annie McCarthy wrote about in this piece that I just read is staggering in its scope. Staggering. The headline is beyond the, uh, or excuse me, behind the Obama administration's shady plan to spy on the Trump campaign. And he details in great detail exactly how that came to be and exactly how it was discovered. And uh, you can draw your own conclusions as to, uh, as to what should be done about it. But it's a great read. I will tweet it shortly. I will Facebook post it shortly so that you can read it easily for yourself, but not during the show because I want you to listen to me. And I want you to call me as well. So if you want to find it on Twitter a little bit later on at about 11 o'clock, you can do so at Radio Done Right. That's where you'll find me. Or France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. Same thing on Facebook, France Radio. And you can uh, read that for yourself. But it is very, very important. Now I want to begin hour number two, though, with this. The burning of the cathedral at Notre Dame. The Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris yesterday has been one of the top news stories of the past 24 hours. You'll notice that I neglected it during the first hour. And I wanted to do so for a couple of reasons. First of all, the stuff that I did talk about in the first hour, very important. But second of all, I wanted to really kind of see what the latest is. I wanted to gather my thoughts and I wanted to kind of see the latest coverage to see what we know, to see if anybody says anything different uh, than what they said yesterday in terms of the cause of the blaze and also in terms of the reaction to the blaze. So uh, to that end, I want to play this short Fox News report about the latest on what we know about the Notre Dame Cathedral fire yesterday. The flames are now extinguished. Smoke is no longer billowing into the sky here. Instead, the hulking shape of Notre Dame's primary stone structure stands against grey skies, now missing its spire and roof. The Paris skyline has changed. The sidewalks around the cathedral are crowded as people get as close as they're allowed in order to take a look at the damage. Paris prosecutors saying at this stage they believe the fire was an accident. In Paris, Simon Owen, Fox News. And that, of course, is the part that I'm interested in. Yesterday, as this fire raged on, we did get a report from a prominent French official declaring that this was an accident. This was not intentionally set. Valerie Picress, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name with the proper accent or the proper accented syllables in French. I'm going to read it as I see it. Valerie Picress, the president of the Ile-de-France region in which Paris lies, has told reporters that the fire at the Notre Dame Cathedral was an accident. This was an accident, she said. It wasn't intentional. And this statement was made while the flames were still burning. What does that mean? Maybe nothing. It may be exactly as stated, that it was an accident. I will cross my fingers, which is superstition, and I may even make the sign of the cross, which is prayer, in the hopes that this is correct, that it was just an accident. But what I want to know is how they can make such a declaration while the fire is still burning before even the idea of an arson investigation can begin. 
let alone to have the arson investigation carried out. Why were they so quick to declare that this burning of the Notre Dame Cathedral, one of the most iconic structures in all the world for Catholics, this 800-year-old relic that took 182 years to build. It was built back in the 12th century. It took 182 years to complete it. It is one of the most extraordinary places of worship as a cathedral on the planet. And we're told that it burned yesterday completely by accident. Okay, but wouldn't it make a little bit of sense, just a little, to conduct a thorough investigation before making that statement? How do we trust that that is exactly correct without without having some sort of investigation? Or did they just make an official declaration of what they wanted to be the case? Please don't assume that this was intentional. Please don't let this be an act of terrorism. Please don't let this be yet another attack on a church, which has become commonplace in Paris. Churches and other iconic Christian and or Catholic buildings Memorials, symbols have been under constant attack, including many of them set on fire in Paris. How are we so quick to conclude that this wasn't one of those? And the answer, as I say, might be that they gave the answer that they want to be the truth. And I will be stunned if they even do a full investigation now. They don't want to do an arson investigation and find out that this was intentionally set. Coincidentally or not, on the first day of Holy Week. Holy Week is underway. The most sacrosanct week on the Christian calendar, the most important week on the Christian calendar. Holy Thursday is coming up in just a couple of days. We commemorate Jesus Christ's suffering and his passion. His death on the cross one day later on Friday. His resurrection on Sunday. This is extremely important to Christians and, yes, to Catholics. And this world-known, iconic relic of Catholicism burned on the first day of Holy Week. And we are told it's an accident. My friend John Cardillo who is now a uh, radio, or excuse me, a uh, television host on Newsmax TV. Uh, he's a former New York City police detective, and he kind of just spelled it out. Uh, we all want the truth to be that this was an accident. We all hope that is exactly what it was. And we're not going to play conspiracy theorist and say that it wasn't. But as he points out, again, as a former police officer who obviously, as a first responder, knows a thing or two about the way those things happen, including fire departments, said it is extraordinarily rare and out of order for a declaration of accident to be made before any arson investigation has even begun. And it's just something to think about. 
I put a question on my Facebook page yesterday, again, which is France Radio. I put a question that was very simple. I didn't imply anything, but I did ask the question because it's deserves, it deserves to be asked. My question was, well, it was more of a statement, but, but raise your hand if you think the iconic Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris just happened to burn down on the first day of Holy Week by accident. Maybe it did. I hope it did. I'll pray that it did. Uh, but I am going to have some suspicions, especially in light of the fact that there may not even be a proper arson investigation. Especially when you given, as I said before, the uh, the number of other churches that have been attacked, that have been burned, that have been desecrated uh, in recent weeks and months. That is going on in Paris. This is not questionable. This is not debatable. This is going on in Paris. And did this happen uh, as a part of that, or was this a completely coincidental thing that happened that this particular iconic church on the first day of Holy Week burned nearly to the ground, a significant portion of it. Uh, interested in your reaction, 216-901-0945, How do you feel about that? And then, on the other side of this timeout, I'm going to let you, uh, let you know how Representative Ilhan Omar felt about that because her response to the burning of Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris is raising more than just a few eyebrows, including mine. We'll share that part of the story coming up on AM 1420 The Answer. Miss your favorite program? Check out our podcasts at whkradio.com. Ten twenty-six as we continue. So, as uh, Catholics the world over cried, and many prayed yesterday, as this uh, iconic uh, cathedral Notre Dame in uh, in Paris burned, uh, Catholics in Paris fell to their knees and sang Ave Maria as the uh, as the blaze burned, praying and hoping that something can salvage and save uh, the uh, the important uh, uh, Catholic icon. People were responding and reacting on social media as well. Of note, the response from Minnesota Representative Ilhan Omar, who is in the middle of a lot of controversies of late for her anti-Semitism, her anti-Israel statements, and her cavalier dismissal of the 9-11 terror attacks committed by Islamic terrorists taking the lives of 3,000 people as just some people did something. President Trump has mocked her and criticized her for such terrible, uh, um, uh, such a terrible attitude toward the the worst terror attack in the history of the United States. She has responded, and so have her supporters, by calling everybody who criticizes her racist and Islamophobic, and saying that we are inciting hatred and violence against her. Well. Here's an opportunity for her to perhaps ingratiate herself a little bit and uh, perhaps reach out to people of another faith. Terrible situation like this. Everybody is offering thoughts, prayers, and, uh, uh, and, and, and emotional reactions. Here's the emotional reaction of Ilhan Omar on Twitter yesterday, 6.17 p.m., quote, Art and architecture have a unique ability to help us connect across our differences and bring people together in important ways. Thinking of the people of Paris and praying for every first responder trying to save this wonder. End quote. That's it. Art and architecture. 
Pray, thinking of the people of Paris. Trying to save this wonder. Not a word about the fact that this wasn't a museum. This was a cathedral. This was a holy Catholic site. Thinking of Catholics? Nope. Thinking of the people of Paris. Thinking of the Catholic and Christian relics inside? Nope. Just art and architecture. This is exactly what one would expect of someone like Representative Ilan Omar, who absolutely is Sharia-compliant and sworn to her faith first and everything else second. Dana Lash, conservative commentator, responded to Ilan Omar with this. Well, the architecture that the art was housed in is a cathedral. While biblically Christ is wherever his people are, Notre Dame is a significant and storied icon of faith. Radio host Larry O'Connor tweeted, Art and architecture. That's it. Uh, Joe Walsh, whom you hear at night, and I normally don't, don't, normally don't like to reference for his extraordinarily annoying habit of attacking virtually everything conservative that is associated with President Trump, did tweet this, Art and architecture? It was a house of worship, a Catholic cathedral. It wouldn't have been difficult for you to acknowledge that. Um, uh, Alejandrina Gonzalez-Reyes reminded Ilhan Omar, quote, it's called Notre Dame Cathedral. Uh, in reference to her comments on 9-11, Daily Wire contributor Harry Kectarian tweeted, did something happen to some building? Making the same point, a Poland Daily writer wrote, 9-11, some people did something. Now, art and architecture caught on fire. This is exactly, they're right. They're calling her out for her incredibly obvious slight at the people, at the, the uh, Catholics in Paris and around the world. Catholics and Christians, not going to even dignify your loss with a comment. Not even going to talk about the sadness of your own important religious relic and icon burning for the world to see. Not even going to acknowledge your existence. Hey, it's a building. It's art. It's architecturally sound or architecturally beautiful. It's a nice thing. By the way, uh, prayers for the first responders. Hope you don't get hurt. Not a word to Catholics. Not a word to Christians. Not a word about the sadness that we feel from our faith. And I'd like to take that and contrast that with the horrible attacks on the mosques in New Zealand and in other places. We, as Christians, roundly criticizing any attacks or any terrible devastation that befalls anyone, even in uh, Muslim mosques. Why? Because we're decent people who care about all people who don't have this animus toward other people based on their faith, the way obviously Ilhan Omar does, as a member of the United States Congress as well. Your phone calls, 216-901-0945, Dial now, we'll get you up on the radio right here on AM 1420. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth You are experiencing the truth, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Indeed it is. Thank you so much for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, Phone lines are open now, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. 
You know, it is my privilege. I have been talking to you at length in recent days and weeks about some of the very important work done by the Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, They are representing the Lyceum in their lawsuit against the city of South Euclid for uh, violating their religious liberty and more. Uh, They, of course, won the important Supreme Court battle uh, on behalf of uh, Masterpiece Cake Shop. The Alliance Defending Freedom is wonderful. They're just wonderful attorneys doing great things uh, for the American people in the interest of liberty and the Constitution. It's my privilege to, to be in a partnership with them. ADF is on the front lines fighting for all of our freedom. Bob Trent uh, has more with this week's Freedom Minute from Alliance Defending Freedom. Baronel Stutzman, a florist, business owner, and grandmother, has been attacked by her state's government in the ACLU. Why? Because she chooses to live her life consistent with her Christian beliefs. Hi, I'm Bob Trent, and this is your Freedom Minute. Baronel serves everyone who comes into her flower shop. She's loved and served her LGBT customer, Rob, for almost a decade. When Rob asked her to create custom floral art for his same-sex wedding, she knew she had to act consistent with her faith and lovingly referred him to other florists. But the ACLU and the government weren't satisfied with that, so they launched a full-out assault on Baronel and sued her. If she loses, the ACLU could take everything she owns, her business, her home, and her life savings. Everything. Thanks to your support, Alliance Defending Freedom stepped in and is helping Baronel. We can't sit idly by and watch as the government takes away our freedoms. When we stand together, we can win. For more information and to help us support your freedoms, visit yourfreedomfund.org. That's yourfreedomfund.org. So very important. If you would like to give to the Freedom Fund today to help defend your freedom and all of our freedom, uh, and provide the resources needed to fight these critical court battles, please log on to that website, yourfreedomfund.org, yourfreedomfund.org. So very important. We're going to continue to fight on behalf of ADF because ADF is going to continue to fight on our behalf. All right, again, phone lines are open at 216 We've got a lot, a lot of ground that we have already covered today and a little bit more. I teased this in the uh, uh, end of the uh, 9 o'clock hour, and I brought up... <clears throat> Excuse me, I brought up once again that the President of the United States was not playing. When it came to giving the liberals what they wanted, and then only to hear them complain that they're getting it. Of course, you know I'm talking about illegal immigration and I'm talking about sanctuary cities. Yes, the liberals in this country have fought the President tooth and nail since, really, the summer of 2015, when the President declared he was going to run for President, or actually when the candidate declared that he was going to run for president and become a candidate, and said, I'm going to build a great wall. We're going to have a great wall between the United States and Mexico, and it's going to have a beautiful door in the middle of it, and it's going to stop illegal immigration because we can't allow this to continue. Drugs, rapists, um, uh, gang members, human traffickers are pouring across the border on a regular basis. We have to stop that. Liberals said, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. These people are welcome here. We want more illegal immigrants to come here. In fact... We are going to provide them with sanctuary. We are going to provide them with security. We are going to make sure that you can't find them and get them out. We're not going to let our police and sheriff's offices, departments, cooperate with federal authorities and report them uh, uh, to you and to ICE to get them out because we want more illegal immigrants to be here. We'll become sanctuary cities. Who remembers the mayor of Philadelphia? Doing that twisted, I can't get it out of my head dance, his little two-step. 
when he came out of the city council meeting after finding out the council that approved it and made Philadelphia a sanctuary city. And he did his little, oh, we're a sanctuary city, yay, and doing his little goofy dance. You remember this? They celebrate their sanctuary city status. Bring us the illegal aliens. They'll be safe here. The president of the United States called their bluff and said, yeah, okay, deal, done. Those illegal immigrants who can no longer be legally held, Congress must fix the the laws and loopholes, the president tweeted, will be subject to homeland security given to sanctuary cities and states. You got it. You wanted them. You got them. He wasn't playing around. He wasn't kidding. And they can't handle it. You can't do that. You can't send all of these people here. What will become of the cities that we already have and all of the homeless and all of those who are already impoverished in our cities? What are we supposed to do with them? <laughs> I mean, this is hilarious. I talked about it yesterday as we did the show from Discount Drug Mart. Share among Hollywood celebrities who have criticized the president at every turn. Cher suddenly is a conservative who doesn't want uh, sanctuary cities, who doesn't want illegal aliens populating all of these cities. Uh, She may not be ready for the influx, but she might want to come up with a plan B because it's not going to slow down the president. Hot air reporting today. After a variety of stories emerged about how the White House was going to ship illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities, mixed with denials and partial confirmations, the president appears to have made up his mind. Gas up the buses because the illegal alien parade is coming to a city near you any day now. According to the New York Post, President Trump said Monday that he plans to go ahead with his plan to send migrants to sanctuary cities. Quote, and I read it to you a moment ago, those illegal immigrants who can no longer be legally held will be subject to homeland security given to sanctuary cities and states. The White House did not respond to a request for comment on the president's tweet, but it is apparently now official policy. Earlier yesterday, Trump criticized lawmakers who are on a two-week recess for not getting anything done. Of course, this is yet another policy proclamation via tweet, so there's no way of knowing official if official orders have been sent out or if DHS actually has a plan in place for how to do this. But it would, would it really be as difficult as some people are making it out to be? Um, while discussing the latest mob of illegal immigrants breaking through Mexico's southern border and joining a caravan heading north, we certainly can discuss uh, the fact that these people are going to be you know, winding up in America, on American doorsteps. The question is, is whose doorsteps? Should we just allow them to go? And I'm going to bring the politics angle of this into it for a moment. To whichever cities and states they want, with the interest of becoming voter eligible and turning red states and areas areas blue? Or should we ship them to already blue sanctuary city areas? Because that's what they're so upset about more than anything else. They're livid, the left about the president's plan to take these people from the cities that they in the in the states again you know most of the cities and states along the southern border are are red you know between Texas and New Mexico to a lesser extent Arizona they they want to try to turn cities and or, uh, t- states rather like Texas blue that's what better works uh, uh, goal is and so the president's like no we're going to take you from these red areas we're going to put you right where you belong in cities that are already calling for you and clamoring for you, blue cities like the ones, you know, the obvious usual suspects. There is yet to be a compelling argument against the legality of this plan. When illegals are captured and detained, if they can't have their cases heard immediately, and they can't, and there's no room in a nearby detention center, and there isn't, 
They frequently wind up being released into the interior of the United States and given a court date. That's what catch and release is. But who's to say they have to be released from that location? Sending them to a different location simply makes sense. Spread them out a little bit. Sanctuary cities like Oberlin, Lorraine, and I know some of these are not declared sanctuary. Lorraine doesn't declare. but And I talked to the chief of police a few years back, Cell Rivera and Lorraine. Essentially, uh, police there are being told not to cooperate with federal authorities on these matters, not to turn people over to federal authorities. So either in name or uh, by default, these sanctuary cities. But sanctuary cities all over the state of Ohio and all over the United States, spread them out. Absolutely. There's room. You can't just pull a bus up to the intersection of Haight and Ashbury streets in San Francisco, however, and dump them all out on the sidewalk, can you? It would seem to be that the local courts would need to assign them an appearance date and release them from there. Who knows? Maybe there would be some free beds to detain them in if the court date is close enough. It's worth checking anyway. Again, hot air reporting. How about the logistics of such a plan? Thousands of airline tickets would run up the cost quickly, not to mention having to fly law enforcement agents along with them to keep them under control. But buses might work. So you can drive from Tijuana crossing to San Francisco in a little over eight hours. If the traffic isn't too insane, heck, you can drive to Seattle in less than 24, assuming you can swap out a couple of drivers. Take them! Take them! They're being bussed from Central America, from El Salvador and Honduras and Guatemala. They're being bussed all the way through Mexico as part of the caravans. Let's just keep them going. Keep the buses moving. If we can't get rid of them, if we can't turn them around, which we should be allowed to do, then let's make sure they get to the place where they're wanted, by the left. And by the way, let's not just stop at those sanctuary cities. Put them up in your home. Put a little tent city in your backyard, Nance. Put a little tent city on your property, AOC. All of the left open. Beto O'Rourke, who wants to tear down... Who wants to uh, tear down the existing barriers that are there? Not only does he not want to build a new wall, he wants to tear down the existing barriers that are there. How many are you going to put up, Beto? Robert Francis, how many are you going to put up? You wanted them, you got them. And now the left is screaming that, okay, we don't want it that bad. What are they going to do to our city? Well, let's find out. It says here, and by here I mean in my brain, my, my prediction here, give it six months. Let the president do this. Let the president fill the the designated sanctuary cities with thousands of illegal immigrants. I feel bad for the residents, by the way, of those cities, but you elected these officials, so it's kind of on you. But let these sanctuary cities, including the most celebrity, elitist-laden areas of, of Los Angeles, Hollywood, of New York, of Chicago, of San Francisco, of Seattle. Let these sanctuary cities endure six months of thousands of illegal aliens who don't speak the language, who are here uh, uh, falsely claiming asylum status, falsely claiming refugee status, not meeting the definition of asylum uh, seeker in the United States, but, of course, not being able to be seen for years. Let all of these people who are no use whatsoever to the local economy, who have no job skills, who have nothing but maybe menial blue-collar labor skills, let them come in. 
Let them take the jobs away from legal residents and citizens in each of these cities. Let this happen for six months. Let them drain the system. Let them flood the schools. Let them flood the emergency rooms. Let them flood all of the resources of these sanctuary cities just for six months. And you know what you'll have in six months? My prediction? You'll have a whole bunch of Democrat votes for a wall. You'll have a whole bunch of Democrat votes to change the asylum laws. We have to find a way to stop the magnet that is drawing these people into the United States because our cities are now overrun. They're overrun. Our resources are overrun. Our police are overrun. I feel bad for cops. I feel really bad for cops in these sanctuary cities because obviously they've been told they're not allowed to do their jobs anyway. That's the sanctuary status. But now they are going to have a lot more problems on their hands because their cities are going to be overcrowded. But let it happen. The president, I, I just, this is the one thing I will tell you that I think everybody who loves the president, you know, can agree upon. What the rest of us just think he goes ahead and does. Oftentimes what the rest of us just think he goes ahead and says, which sometimes is, you know, for better or for worse, depending on the circumstance. But we talk about doing things like this, and he's actually doing it. I, I, I can only hope, honestly and truly, I can only hope that it goes as far as I suggested. Don't just stop at the cities, but drop them off near the neighborhoods of the rich and elite. Drop these people off in sanctuary cities near Cher's um, uh, gated community, near Alyssa Milano's gated community, near Nancy Pelosi's gated community, and so on and so forth, near Bernie Sanders, one of his three homes in three different cities. Drop them off there, and let's see how they where they end up. And let's see how quickly these people who are saying, uh, we're bigots, we're racists, we're just anti-brown people if we want the American laws upheld and we don't want illegal immigrants overrunning this country, watch and see how fast they change their tune when they overrun their own personal properties. It's 10.50. We'll get a final time out here on AM 1420, The Answer. Coming back with one short segment to go. Again, we'll try to get you in as quickly as we can if you get in now right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Final segment of this Tuesday morning, 10.54. Six minutes before we uh, give you uh, the latest from Mike Gallagher, who will take you, take you until Dennis Prager, and Prager into Dr. G, and Dr. G into Jay Sekulow and Larry Elder. you got to stay right here all day, all night, right here on AM 1420, The Answer, if you're looking for the best in conservative analysis without the buffoonery of other programs. Um, by the way, speaking of um, Dennis Prager, there is another video, uh, another PragerU video that is out now. <clears throat> to me, it's one of the most important ones that I've seen uh, really yet. And I tweeted it, or no, I'm sorry, did I tweet it or just Facebook it before the show today? I just wanted you to watch. I was thinking about actually playing it on the air, uh, but I don't have time now. Uh, but I think it's on my Facebook page, which is France Radio. If you are a Facebook user, um, find my page, which is France Radio. And the way I described it is, quote, one of the most important PragerU videos you will ever watch. And it's not because of the trans issue. It's the compelled speech issue. Because compelled speech, otherwise known as forced speech, is not free speech. Watch it and share it. Uh, it's very, very good. It's, it, it really is. It's, I mean, it goes to the very heart of the First Amendment. Essentially, your job... <clears throat> 
and or your business can be in jeopardy if you refuse to use the speech that is demanded by the LGBT mafia and their willing acolytes in government and in employment. Not joking. People are being threatened with their jobs. People have been fired. People's businesses have been threatened if they don't use the proper pronouns that people are demanding. So if you are a believer in God, and you believe that God made man and woman and that's it, you believe in the binary, as it's referred to, that chromosomal uh, assignment determines sex, XY and XX, and there is no option three. There is no option C. If you believe in that and refuse to cave into the delusions of others by calling them Z or Zay or they or whatever, you can lose your business. You can lose your job. It's happening all over this country. There is an attack on free speech. If you are forced to speak about something in a certain way, it is the same thing as being not allowed to speak about something else. Free speech is in literal jeopardy right now. And watch this PragerU video. Video. I think you will really enjoy it. I also think you're going to enjoy this. I've been saving this one to wrap up the show today. There's nothing more fun for me uh, when it comes to politics than Democrat on Democrat violence. And the battle between Nancy Pelosi, the actual leader of the Democrat Party, as the Speaker of the House, third in line to the presidency, her battle with AOC, otherwise known as Kelly Obundio Cortez, um, is getting is getting to be hilarious. This is great theater. AOC is trying to take over the Democrat Party. She declared, by the way, just as an example, that Joe Biden as a candidate for president is a step backwards for the Democrat Party, and she prefers to move forward. She is trying to encourage Joe Biden, former vice president, and one of the uh, you know one of the 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 favorites, if you will, of the Democrat establishment. She's trying to push him out of the race, telling him, "Don't even bother." You, this is a new party. Remember what she said to um, uh, to uh, uh, Joe Lieberman, uh, "New party, who this?" She's trying to tell the old guard like Nancy Pelosi to get out of the way. She and her young guns are are coming through. Nancy Pelosi is 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 having none of this. Speaking in Europe. Uh, with a congressional delegation this week. She made an appearance before the London School of Economics and P- uh, Political Science yesterday, and she had this latest shot at Kelly Bundio Cortez. When we won this election, it wasn't in districts like mine or Alexandria's. However, wonder, I'm, I'm, she's a wonderful member of Congress. I think all of our colleagues will attest. But those are districts that are solidly democratic, this glass of water would win with a D next to its name <laughs> in those districts. And not- <laughs> you heard her correctly. She picked up a glass of water from the table in front of her, in front of that audience, and said, this glass of water would win in those districts. In other words, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you're not special. You're not running anything. You got elected to Congress as a 29-year-old bartender because you had a D after your name, and the existing D that held that office didn't even campaign against you. You didn't do anything. A glass of water could have won that election. There is nothing quite as tasty as Democrat-on-Democrat violence, and I think that is a great example of it. All right, that is going to do it. That's all the time that I've got. Uh, thanks so much for listening and being a part of the great conversation today. Tomorrow, Ryan, Ryan Morrow returns to the program to talk about the attack on, well, I'm sorry, 
the burning of the Notre Dame Cathedral and whether or not it was an attack. That'll be coming up on tomorrow's program. Mike Gallagher's next. Stay where you are on AM 1420, The Answer. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.